hello. Welcome to the Tangent Talk podcast. We are so happy to have you here today. And in particular, we're happy that we have a special guest. Miss Star is in the building. You know how much we adore guests, you all. Special shout out to Jerome Braggs from episode one of season seven, and this is episode two. Episode one, we talked about rest, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the art of recreating. And when we say recreate, you all, we're not talking about recreating like, I don't know, making a replica of what was that shirt that Denise Huxtable was trying to create for her brother, T.R.? What was that? Gordon Gartrell. Yeah, we're not talking about trying to recreate that, right? Which, of course, Denise didn't do such a great job of recreating. We're talking about actually transmuting, changing, right? Changing our core beliefs on various subjects. And so some of the subjects we'll touch on today include dating since the pandemic, COVID, what's your stance, right? Pre-COVID versus now, or I should say at the height of the pandemic versus now. And then of course, career focus versus pleasure focus. Those are just some of the topics that we're going to explore. And we're going to see just how much we have transmuted our thoughts around this with our cast today. So again, we are excited to have Miss Star in the building. And so if you could, Miss Star, please introduce yourself to our wonderful listeners. Hi, Luna Ma. Thank you for that introduction. Thank you everyone for having me on the Tangent Talk podcast. It's a pleasure and an honor. Um, so yes, so I am originally from Queens, New York, and I migrated over to the DC area um, I lived in the D.C. area for about 13 years. I love poetry, food, uh, entertainment. I used to host and recruit artists for an open mic event out in the D.C. area called Expression. Um, then I also transitioned over to the Los Angeles area and I was hosting and founded two events out there. So I was hosting, recruiting the artists. We also had um, a live painter and live music. Um, and those events were Starry Night and also the soundtrack. So, um, you know, I just had a great experience out there in the Los Angeles area. I just took a leap of faith and took some time to explore um, what it would be like out there. I met some wonderful people, was able to do some great events. Um, Now I've transitioned over to the Charlotte, North Carolina area uh, where a lot of my family has migrated from uh, New York. So, I'm here now and I'm still on the journey of figuring things out, being able to find a good balance of uh, doing what you love and getting paid for it. So um, I'm on that journey now and I'm just, again, just a pleasure to um, be here as a guest and I'm looking forward to our conversations today. Thank you. We have, and this is for Ms. Starr's benefit and our new listeners benefit. We have listeners, you all, in Canada. Germany, United Kingdom, Sweden, Singapore, Austria, Russia, Ireland, Bulgaria, South Africa, Kenya, Spain, Australia, India, Switzerland, Philippines, Jamaica, New Zealand, Bahamas, France, Finland, Norway, Indonesia. So not just Brooklyn, not just Queens, but the world is in the building. So that's just so exciting. And we thank you, our faithful listeners and our new listeners, because it means the world to us that our content is getting out beyond 
just these United States of America, but to the world. And so we're excited and we look forward to bringing you more content. So speaking of content, let's just get right into it. Talk to me, Cast, about your transmuted beliefs around dating pre-pandemic versus now. Thoughts about that? I think uh, the creation part is, uh, is, has become more integral to dating because you have to be creative uh, with the restrictions that the pandemic has put us under. And so for me, that has of course been, uh, as you know, I'm working on getting married. And so that's uh, turned into just having to spend more thoughtful time thinking of entertaining things to do in and around the house or places where we don't have a bunch of people to, uh, you know, to interact with necessarily um, and still keeping things exciting and fun and, and having regular kind of quality time together. So, um, yeah, so I, I think it, it, you just have to be a little bit creative in what, uh, what you try to do in order to keep the dating going. Understood, understood. So Darquan, you're saying essentially with this pandemic, your views in dating, and, and granted you're, you're on your way to the altar soon, but nonetheless, you're still you know, dating your fiance. And so you've had to change that because of the, the restrictions. So your views on dating, do you think it's changed temporarily? I mean, soon you won't be dating, you'll be a married man, but do you think it's changed because of the pandemic or were those some things that you were going to look at in terms of how you relate to your significant other? Well, I think we, we've always kind of challenged each other to be thoughtful about dating whenever it was time for one or the other to suggest something or to kind of take the lead on the date. And so I think I have, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's temporary. I think it's actually beneficial for the future of our dating and relationship because it's really um, brought the focus to the I, you know, the ideas, it's not just, oh, let's go eat, let's go to a movie, whatever. Now it's, you know, you just think about different things, cooking together or um, going to a park and, and, you know, spending some time having a picnic or whatever it might be that we're doing. We, we're just a little bit more creative about it. I also think that the experiences are somewhat more, uh, the experiences out of the house are more enjoyable, really, because we spend so much time in the house. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's it's a temporary change. I think we'll I'll continue focusing on being creative and thinking of interesting things to do and you know creating variety, not eating the same thing all the time, not doing the same things all the time. So um, no, I think it's something that I will take with me going forward, even after the pandemic. Understood, Dark One. So you really speak to more of the recreational part of dating. I'm wondering. Let me hear my ladies. I, I know Ildris is going to come in soon. When we talk about recreating our, our thoughts or transmuting them, what has changed for you philosophically around dating pre-pandemic and now? Dating during the pandemic. First of all, you have a new question too. You have a, have you been vaccinated question now? Maybe that's right. not, you know what I'm saying now? Maybe it's not, uh, well, people still ask the question, but I'm sure more, much more people are vaccinated now, but I'm just thinking back maybe, I think it was a few months ago or even longer than that. Um, I had met someone through online dating and that was the question, you know, he asked me like, are you vaccinated? And 
you know, like, oh, no, not not yet. And, you know, so that was a <laughs> conversation to have and, and almost seeming like that could be a deal breaker. You know, so you have um, that component as well. The safety aspect, you know, um, are you even safe for me to date? Just, you know, health wise. Um, so that's that's an interesting component. And then I feel like you also have the aspect of a lot of places are closed down and, you know, you couldn't go out as much. So I feel like it steers people into the, well, just come over, you know, instead of us, let's go someplace. I feel like it probably really put more of the pressure of the Netflix and chill kind of um, society. It's like, well, you know, it's so dangerous out there. <laughs> so many people breathing and they can give us COVID. I just, why don't you just come on over? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll make something and, you know, or I'll order something. So I feel like it could kind of take out the creativity, I guess, in some ways, but it can take out the, um, to me, the standard level of dating, like really going out places and doing activities together. So I feel like it kind of pushes you into a more intimate environment before someone may be ready to be in such an intimate environment. You know, going to someone's home or having someone over at your home um, is very personal. And, um, you know, everyone has their own time constraints. Okay, maybe I'll date somebody for a month or two months before they come over. Maybe some people it's a day, maybe some people it's six months. You know, it can definitely vary. But I do feel like it put a pressure on, you know, oh, well, the safest choice is really for me to just have you over or for, you know, me to go over to your place instead because everything is pretty much shut down. So, you know, this is going to be the way we get to learn each other. Right, right, for sure. And you talk about that personal space. So for me then, it, and I don't know if this has been your experience, Ms. Starr, but it seems then that maybe the relationships that you're forming, they then accelerate to some extent, because as you mentioned, you know, when you invite someone into your home, be it you going to the person you're dating's home or vice versa, that is very intimate. Uh, so do you find that you get to know people in a more accelerated fashion or is it pretty much the same as before except instead of going to you know I don't know restaurants or the movies you're actually home right so listen I didn't have anyone over <laughs> but <laughs> my my thoughts were uh we can go outside and walk I can meet you at the park okay you know, to me, I'm always like, there's a lot of trails out here. They have the greenways. I'm like, we can take a walk and talk. You know, that's how we can get to know each other. Um, and I'm like, there's enough space. We can do, you know, six feet. We can be without a mask. We can still speak. You can still hear me. I can see what you look like. You can see what I look like. Um, you know, I think to me, uh, sometimes with the online dating, <sighs> Sometimes, you know, some people are more passive, I would say, and that's like the online dating can even help them to be, you know, even more passive. And so then you throw on top of that, well, going out is a dangerous thing now. So then, you know, some people may even just want to have phone conversations and have um, FaceTime and not really want to meet up in person. So then you're stuck into like a phone relationship or a FaceTime relationship. It's like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I'm a real person. You're a real person. I do understand that these are, these are some dangerous times, but we can go outside. We can walk together somewhere. We can meet up in a park and we can see each other and we can, you know, make some types of, of, of conversation exchanges so that we can see if, you know, there's an interest there and if we should move forward. Understood. Understood. Makes sense to me. What say you tee off? And I heard Ildris chuckling earlier and 
just so you know, Miss Star, uh, fans of the podcast know that Ildris has dubbed himself the, uh, what did he call himself, you all? The the Black George Clooney. That's it. So his <laughs> his take on dating is always, it's always a little edgy. But uh, why don't we have uh, T-Off weigh in and we'll come back to uh, the Black George Clooney, Ildris. Uh, T-Off? Uh, this is a tough one for me. Um, I wasn't dating before the pandemic. So being in the pandemic really hasn't made any difference for me in terms of meeting people because I wasn't meeting people anyway. Um, I would like to go out and try to meet people, but with things being where they are, and I feel like many people not taking this virus as seriously as I, I personally am and not getting vaccinated and not trusting the science around the vaccines, I don't even feel comfortable trying at this point because too many people aren't taking it seriously. And I'm quite frankly, I'm just not trying to, you know, I still, I don't just still wear a mask, even though I'm vaccinated, I wear a double mask and goggles or a face shield. Cause I don't, with the new variants, especially, I'm not trying to raw dog the air with nobody. And I just, I, I don't, I don't trust it at this point. Again, I would like to try to date, but with everything as it is now, I just, I don't even feel comfortable. Understood. Understood. And that's, you know, as as Miss Starr shared, you know, that's one of the, the questions now. It used to be, what do you do for a living? What's your zodiac? If you're me, <laughs> I need to know what your zodiac sign is. Now it's, have you been vaccinated? So that's a good point. I was just going to add to what she was saying. Like, like, that's not even an option for me. Like if, because that would be a question for me. Are you vaccinated? I wouldn't even consider dating somebody who's not vaccinated. Understood. Understood. So Ildris, jump in here. What are your thoughts um, about what uh, Darquan, uh, Nastar, T-Off has said, or do you have something else completely different to, to add to the conversation? Yeah, well, thank you all for, first of all, for thank you for allowing me to anchor, because I feel like I, I, Luna, I have to, I have to anchor this topic at least because, um, you know, myself being a healthcare worker and still being in the uh, self-proclaimed bachelor state of my life. Um, this, is a, this is a good topic for me. Um, I'll speak from a general point of view first. I think um, it's definitely causing COVID that is causing people to recreate a lot of their views when it comes to dating. You know, some of them you all have already said, um, but more specifically for men, I was reading something earlier today um, in preparation for this conversation. It was saying actually single men are less interested or have become less interested in casual relationships due to the pandemic. I don't know mm, uh, interesting. If, if you all would agree or disagree with that based on your dating experiences. But um, that's um, what that report, specific report said. And I would agree with that just personally. Um, I think we as humans have, um, you know, basically shifted our focus into more, having more meaningful relationships um, because, you know, some people have lost people really close to them. A lot of people have lost people really close to them. And I think, you know, we want, you know, we want something meaningful. And I think, um, and, and Luna, you and I, I believe we're speaking about this um, off the mic um, before, but there is a, this 
this uh, narrative kind of where if somebody expresses their desire for for romance in their life, a lot of that is met with people saying, you know, well, focus on yourself, uh, you know, love yourself first, focus on yourself. But it's like, and I stated to you, that's kind of dismissive, just dismissive. dismissive as <laughs> dismissive of dismissive of your humanity because it's human to naturally want companionship in your life, right? Absolutely. And, and I believe right. I thoroughly, yeah, There's I only definitely. people who are in relationships that say that, which you notice uh, it's always people who <laughs> are already coupled who uh -huh. tell single people to, oh, just be happy by your, be happy being alone or just focus yeah. on yourself. You know, going to in with the vaccination, um, that's definitely the hot topic, I think, right now when it comes to dating and what do you do if you're vaccinated and, and the person you really like isn't vaccinated or, you know, um, if vice versa, you know, myself personally, I was out eating dinner and um, I pretty much uh, got into what was a conversation, basically turning into an argument over um of course, myself being vaccinated and the person um, isn't. And, you know, just the different views and just learning. I think what I walked away from that, it wasn't an argument like a, a deal breaking argument, but it, it was a, a heated debate. But what I walked away from it was, you know, we have to learn to love and respect each other despite our differences, even though I feel the person was more making it a political thing and for me it's especially from my you know work and my career it's a it's a life or death thing it's not a politics thing but at the end of the day we all have to love each other we all have to respect each other's opinions and respect each other's differences and just you know the only way we're going to beat covid is just coming together so, so thank you. no thank you yeah. um ildris and i just want to to add to the discussion before we move right into the next topic that we are recreating, which is our stance on the COVID-19 vaccine, right? Our comfort level now versus then. I, I really get triggered. <laughs> I really get triggered around the, just love yourself more. And you said it best because it is human nature. You know, we've got dark wands. Sorry, ladies, going off the market in a in a few months. <laughs> so stop, stop, <laughs> stop texting the podcast, uh, <laughs> the, the the podcast uh, comment section about his status, y'all. But but you know, dark wand is going off the market. But there are those of us on the podcast, uh, Ma speaking, in case you want to know, who are <laughs> desiring relationships. Uh, for, you know, of course, I love my familial and my platonic relationships, but romantic relationships. And and that comment that, um, you know, you need to love yourself more, or focus on other things. You're absolutely right, Helper, when you say it's dismissive. And so I hope those of you listening, not to make wrong, but to our wonderful fans and new listeners who are listening, if you're one of those people who say that, take it from me, Luna Ma. It, it, it doesn't land well. I know your intentions may be good, but it really doesn't land well because it suggests that we don't love ourselves now. Right. And so, so much to say about that. I'm going to share one more thing uh, before we move on. You know, for my views for dating, I have to admit, being in the pandemic, it has allowed me to really assess what's important. And I have to cough up a furball. I think you all 
don't judge. <laughs> but I think I was dating transactionally, not looking for men to pay for my, uh, you know, rent or pay for, for dinner, not transactional in that sense, but more so like, oh, I've had a great work week. Are we going to go out and have fun? Because you're my boyfriend. That's what we do. Kind of expecting that that's what you do. You're here to help me have fun when I'm not working. And that was so warped. And so during the pandemic, I've had a lot of time to be with my thoughts and to really assess past relationships. And I am looking now to build a partnership where it's not just, hey, having a boyfriend is something you know, is, is someone I can hang out with on the weekends for crying out loud. I could do that with girlfriends, right? But it's having a romantic partner is someone that I want to ensure is a part of all aspects of my life, not just the person I hang out with on the weekend when I'm trying to decompress. So that's something that I think I've transmuted, I've recreated in my way of being. Anyone want to weigh in on that before we move to the next topic? I do yeah. want to circle back to something that uh, Ildra said about, uh, you read an article where uh, men said they more men were wanting to not date casually. I also came across an article where people, uh, the pandemic has driven people to want traditional marriage, which I found to be very interesting. And uh, I would just like to research or delve, delve more into that and see how those two tie in together. Yeah, it's a uh, sorry. It's, no, uh, I, I just wanted to let me hear what you're going to say, mm -hmm. Ildris, but I want to go back to T off's mm -hmm. point because I, I want to hear more about that. Go ahead, Ildris. No, I was just dropping the source and then uh, we can put it um, in the in the description or I'll drop it in the chat and then we can put it in the description, but it's called the inside hook. Um, that is the source. But I'll drop the actual link to that actual article, but that's the name of the newsletter, the inside hook. Okay, great, great. And then I thought I heard uh, T off say that, you know, you're reading more people are willing to now have traditional marriages? Run that run that by me one more time. I just wanna make sure I, I got the essence. I came across an article, I started reading it, but got busy and didn't finish reading. If I can pull it up, I'll definitely drop it if we wanna elaborate on a topic later. But the article was basically saying how the pandemic has driven people to seek more traditional marriage or traditional roles in relationships. And it's interesting because I'm hearing more talk about that now particularly for men where they want traditional women. So I just find that this, this pandemic is bringing that out. Yeah, that's very interesting indeed. And, I, and I, I presume it probably has a lot to do with if you have children at home, or at least when they were home and not in the schools, husbands who were working from home were expecting their wives or partners to be the ones to tend to their children's needs versus them. And I've, I've actually, I have real friends <laughs> who have shared with me, don't worry, I won't, I won't call you all out on the podcast, but thank you for your listenership. Uh, but you, you've shared with me, my dear friends, how that dynamic is stressful, you know? And so to your point, Tiaf, it, it's, it may suggest that because the pandemic brought people home, then there was this focus on home and by extension focus on the roles and responsibilities in that home. Yeah. So um, I got to go to Dark Juan on this one because he's, he's, he's at home with his fiance. And I'm wondering, are you expecting your fiance to cook more now that you guys have been experiencing that whole, 
you know, shelter in place during the height of the pandemic? Or is it that you're doing the cooking? What's up? We're all in your business. We need to know. Uh, well, not much has changed with who's doing the majority of the cooking. She's always been the, the person who did the majority of the cooking. However, as I might have mentioned before, the dating aspect has become a little different. And so our regular kind of weekend dates, because uh, we're both pretty busy during the week, has shifted to me uh, taking on the responsibility of deciding what we're going to eat on the weekends. And uh, in the summertime, you know, I would be I would be cooking a little bit. I would be grilling or doing whatever so that we could have our own little um you know, kind of outdoor picnic in the backyard or whatever it might be. But um, yeah, I've, I've definitely taken on the figure out what we're going to eat. I'm not even going to think about it. You're going to present the options and I'm going to choose from them on the weekend because I'm not doing anything related to even thinking about what we're eating on the weekend. So, um, and, and sometimes, you know, Friday, whatever, whenever she doesn't feel like doing it, it becomes, you know, my... Um, my my role let's say to to take care of that so we haven't really shifted who does the cooking most of the time but um yeah more so can you take on the responsibility of making sure that i'm i still feel appreciated um in terms of you know make sure that we keep our dating thing going you know schedule whatever date stuff we're going to do um think about what movies we're gonna watch, you know, that stuff falls on you because I'm doing this kind of regular cooking sort of stuff on a regular basis. I do wanna to respond to um, something that was said earlier too about um, people in relationships not necessarily thinking about pre-COVID, post-COVID because you also have those conversations in relationships where, uh, for instance, you know, my stance had been, I'll let a couple million of y'all beta test this, uh, this virus, I mean, uh, vaccination stuff before I get on it. And then finally, around the time when I actually got engaged, right before that trip, I went and got vaccinated because I knew we were going to be around a bunch of people. And um, she had been kind of, you know, suggesting to me that I should do it because she was an early ad earlier adopter than I was because um, she has to go. She had to go into the office uh, a little bit, um, whereas I get to work at home. So, so hold that thought, Dark Juan, hold that thought, because that's mm -hmm. that's going to really be a great way to transition into our comfort level. I love where you're going. So I want you to hold mm -hmm. that thought for a second. And I'm going to just spin around uh, back around to this concept of what's happening in the homes. Um, so hold that thought, Dark Juan. But I want us uh, since we're in the virtual studio, I'm going to share on our screen here with the, the cast of an interesting comment I came across the other day by comedian Lil, Lil Duvall. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I love comedians. We, we need <laughs> more laughter in this world. So Lil Duvall, as you all will see here in our, in our virtual studio, this headline is what really got people um, talking, right, on, on Twitter. He used his platform to suggest that women with children should not work. It's a full-time job, he says, in and of itself, right? So here's, here's uh, and, and we'll, we'll make sure we post a link to this on our podcast, uh, our podcast website, which is thetangenttalk.com. In a perfect world, he writes, women with kids shouldn't be working. That is a job in and of itself. And a lot of people were not in support of uh, Lil Duvall, perhaps because 
the tweet goes on to say, I think this is one of the reasons balance is off nowadays in our community. So we were just speaking in, in, in about what has changed since the pandemic in, in dating and specifically, we went a little deeper and talked about our, our homes, right? And so Tioff talked about reading an article where more traditional roles are coming back into play. Dark One talked about the balance he has with he and his fiance. Uh, Ms. Starr, what say you? Does this, does this resonate that uh, in a perfect world, women with kids shouldn't be working? And then we'll come to tee off. Ms. Starr? You know, I spoke about this with, well, more, with more than one friend um, <laughs> about the, uh, the mixing of, I feel like I have a mix of somewhat traditional views and then also probably just more modern views, right? Um, and it's kind of hard for me to find like that balance in between, but this is what I'll say. So I had one friend that said, well, men and women in the homes will, you know, at least for, I guess, black families, both men and women were working jobs for a long time in society that both the men and the women had to work. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I thought that the women were staying at home, but okay. Um, and I have another friend that says, you have a strange way of, of thinking about things because to me, I would love the option to be able to stay at home, uh, be married, you know, raise our children. Um, in this case, maybe there's only one child, but whatever. Um, <laughs> stay at home, uh, be able to, to cook. Ah, the cleaning, I feel like I, we're gonna have to pay somebody. I, I definitely feel like we're gonna have to pay somebody to come in either once a month or every two weeks or, or something. And maybe it depends on where we live too. Um, but anyway, so. I would like the option. I would like the option for someone to say, you know what, you know, you can stay at home, you know, you have enough income. Um, if you want to explore, you know, I have a lot of different artistic ideas. If you want to explore your artistic ideas, you can do that. And I, and I could even respect maybe in a situation where someone says, well, listen, I'll give you five years, you know, work on your ideas, work on your business. And then we have to revisit it, you know, because at some point, some things have to become you know, um, you know, have to bring some money into the household. So I think it, I think it all depends. But um, where my friend gets to me, he's like, well, if, if the guy's going to take care of everything, the husband's going to take care of everything, then you're going to, you're going to have to make sure that you, you cooking and you cleaning and his food has to be on the table. And then when he gets home from work and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I feel like as a woman, you typically, you're primarily more responsible for the household. Okay. You know, just in general, usually the woman has to make sure the household is being run, the food, make sure the place is clean, all those things. I think it's kind of an unsaid situation, but I wouldn't want to feel like it's obligatory. I wouldn't want to feel like it's an obligation. If that's our agreement, that's our agreement. But if there's one night that I don't cook, then come on, you know, you should be able to cook something up. You should be able to make something. You should be able to, to pivot, you know? Right. Um, so I, to me, it's, it's having a, a good balance and it just it depends on opportunity i mean i've been working my whole life so if i meet someone and we both have to work it is what it is it's not a it's not a strange situation but i think it is nice to be able to have the option to stay home and raise your children um and you know just like they said you sometimes you need leisure time to think of different creative ideas you know sometimes yeah. women who stay at home they end up finding uh finding out these opportunities or building these businesses that can end up you know making the most money in the household or making a lot of money, period. And maybe you can retire a husband. Okay. Well, there you go. Hello. <laughs> so, 
Hello. It all depends. Makes me think of that beautiful uh, vegan chef. Her name escapes me. Y'all know my memories. Right. Tabitha. Tabitha. Tabitha, Retired her husband. And so, and so this is apropos because this is the conversation we're having right now. Where are we recreating, changing our beliefs that maybe 10 years ago or 10 months ago, we would have never, as they say, thunk it. So tee off, what do you say about this uh, Twitter, this tweet? I'm sorry, y'all, I'm not big on Twitter. (laughs) This tweet, let me get my terminology straight from Lil Duvall. This was recent. This was just November 3rd. What are your thoughts? Oh, wow. Um, And quickly, as we move to the COVID discussion. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, because I know this one, we could, this could be an episode by itself, right? Or one of our mini um, episodes for sure. Um, So I'll just be really quick. Um, I agree um, that it should be a choice. I do think ideally when, particularly when the children are small, that if the mother can be at home, especially if she's nursing, uh, the woman can be the mother could be home with the children but the, just the, the part where he says this is the reason the community is off balance nowadays that's the part I have the biggest issue with because historically speaking at least as from the black perspective in America black women have never been housewives in large numbers like we have not been afforded our men have not been afforded the financial means to 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 be able to provide that type of lifestyle in large numbers. My point is black women for the most part in America have always worked outside the home and the black housewife is not a common thing. So I'm not sure where that came from. I'm not saying that black housewives don't exist, they do, but not in mass where it was just a common thing where black women stayed home and raised the children. This just never happened. So I I take issue with that. Understood. Understood. Thank you for that tee off. And I would agree with you. I mean, when I think Wisteria Lane and, you know, Desperate Housewives, I, I don't remember seeing any Black women, maybe a woman of color, uh, as played by, of course, Eva Langoria, but not, as you said, we don't, we don't even think it, or at least I don't think it. When I think housewives, it, Black women don't come to mind, women of color, because predominantly we're, we are in the workforce. Gentlemen, Darkwan, Ildris, anyone who wants to weigh in before we quickly move on to the next topic on the list? I, I think that when we talk, you know, just listening to Tioff's point, um, I think when we talk about uh, modern day to the past, that things have shifted more so towards the dynamic where, um, you know, the Black woman is not as often found in the home. But again, we have to think about how recent it is for women to be playing a part in the, in the corporate world. It, you know, it hasn't always been this way. So um, it, we're talking like, you know, the mid 1900s where it be- started becoming more common. So, um, you know, historically it, the balance has been shifting towards women being a greater, uh, greater contributors in the workforce. So, but I think, I think it would be, you know, I think, yeah, it's, it's, if you can do that, I think it is a nice thing. I think early childhood education is really important. Um, and uh, if mothers can be there to provide that sort of attention to children, we probably end up having better um, people overall, you know, when, when they grow up. So I think that would be great. Um, as, yeah, as long as you can afford that and, and, and create a balance in your household where it's comfortable and everyone's appreciated and everything's taken care of, you have the quality of life that you want. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Understood. Ildris, anything to add? 
No, I mean, my stance when it comes to topics like this is, is kind of, I really can't speak for women and what women should or shouldn't be doing. You know, I, I kind of, I would just conclude it with, I, hopefully when I'm married, I'm at a point to where, you know. Let me stop I, you right there. You do plan to get married? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think this was something yes. you, were, you were, okay, got it. All right, just wanted to make sure we're on track. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. It. I, I see myself being married one day and, um, my overall point is just, you know, I'd like to be at a point to where, you know, whatever my wife wants to do to make herself um, feel fulfilled, I'm able to support her in that. Understood, helper. So great. So we kicked off the, and I knew this first topic was going to have, uh, was going to have a range to it, right? Dating pre-pandemic now. And I really appreciate what the cast has shared. We went you know, to different angles, uh, we talked about this, uh, you know, as, as Ms. Starr talked about, you know, how do we date now in terms of going on more outings versus more, um, more intimate settings, even if that intimate setting is a, you know, romantic stroll in a park or having someone come over to your home. Ildris and Tioff talked about recent articles that are changing the power, I don't know, maybe not power dynamics, but certainly uh, addressing the roles that women and men play in the household since the pandemic. Uh, Darquan weighed in and shared a little bit about his own experience with his fiance. Uh, I spoke about just changing my thoughts from it being dating being my hobby, <laughs> something I do to relax and have fun, to really being able to integrate that person into my life. So really great discussion there. And we'd love to hear in the comments section what your thoughts are, team, our, our listeners. We're, we're a team. We're partners on this. We produce the content. You guys share your thoughts. Let us know what your, your thoughts are and views on dating since the pandemic and now. So let's, let's pick up the conversation around the COVID vaccine our comfort level now versus then. I think it's important to take a look at an article here that really, for me, had me scratch my head a little, like, wait a minute, I'm vaccinated. So I'll share with you all, our listeners and the cast, I am vaccinated. I work for an employer who mandates <laughs> that we are vaccinated or we don't have a job. So it was, it was pretty easy for me to make that decision. Um, this article, and again, in our virtual studio, I'll share it for the team. This article, however, had me scratch my head a bit. And as you can see here, those of you in the virtual studio will post these links on our website, thetangenttalk.com. It talks about the dramatic decline of effectiveness of all three COVID-19 vaccines over time. So as we look to broach this particular topic on what has changed in our views regarding the vaccine. I wanna just do a quick poll. Uh, Tioff made it clear, I've got the vaccine and she was an early adopter. Uh, Ms. Starr, where do, you, where do you stand in the process? Are you currently vaccinated, plan to get vaccinated? Well, the walls are closing in on the unvaccinated. <laughs> My brother said to me, unless you live in a farm in Iowa, you don't need the rest of the world, you're going to have to get vaccinated. So I am the on the verge of vaccination. I like that one. I'm on the verge of vaccination. Um, yeah, so Great I, alliteration too. Right, 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 right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I have, I have to figure it out. Um, I have uh, some employment opportunity that might close out if I don't get vaccinated in time. And so 
I am thinking of it. I haven't done my own research of all the different vaccinations. Um, a, good, a good number of my friends and family are vaccinated. Some people are holding out. And I spoke to one friend recently and he would tell me about something, mRNA or MNA or something. He said, well, it's in, it's in uh, Pfizer and it's in Moderna, but it's not in Johnson Johnson. But Johnson Johnson could give you the, the, the blood clot maybe. So, but I'm gonna take the, the Johnson Johnson and I'll risk the blood clot, but I won't have the other thing that's very dangerous to have in you. So, ah, it's all tricky. It's all very tricky, but it's going to have to happen. I mean, it's just, there's, there's, to me, there's no way out of it, especially um, thoughts of, you know, travel and trying to reconnect with people and, you know, people just feel more comfortable with you sometimes because, you know, if you're vaccinated. So um, it'll have to happen soon and I have to make a decision. Well, and hopefully, the decision you make will be one that you're comfortable with, uh, Ms. Starr, because, you know, again, as I mentioned with my employer, I, it wasn't even a matter of, am I comfortable? It was a matter of, will I be able to sustain myself until my husband comes around who wants to, you know, have me work from home or have me not work at all, future husband, if you're listening. Um, the, right. But the point is, I know I have to <laughs> be self-sufficient. So I really had no choice, unless, of course, I quickly found another job and there's a lot of competition in the market today. But let's talk about this article in the Los Angeles Times. It, it says here, the effect in, the effectiveness of shots made by Pfizer and Bio, BioNTech, which also employed two doses, fell from 87% to 45%, excuse me, in the same period. And you talk about the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine, uh, Ms. Starr. Most strikingly, the protective power of Johnson & Johnson's single-dose vaccine plunged from 86% to just 13% over those six months. Now, for some, this means nothing. Okay, great. The effectiveness has waned. We know that the booster shots are now um, on the market. Folks are gearing up to take that at the appropriate time. Let's go back, and I, and I promise we would, Dark Juan, to your comment around the vaccine relative to you and your fiance, because I really wanna get on the court where we are, where our comfort level is, regardless of being vaccinated or unvaccinated, what are our thoughts and what has changed, if any, around the vaccine? Darquan? Well, yeah, um, I think in, for me in, in life, I'm not an early adopter to anything. There's nothing new that comes out that, I'm, that I like to jump on. I like to let people test it out before I get on it. So that was my philosophy. Um, I did get vaccinated because I wanted to be able, at, well, because number one, I let a couple billion people test it out. And I did, you know, I, I was okay with what I heard. I understood that there were some risks, but I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, this is at this point now, after so many months of people testing it, I'm going to get vaccinated. However, I still don't trust it. I still am always masked everywhere I go. I still take a thousand cc's of vitamin C every day um, or milligrams of vitamin C every day. Um, I'm still, you know, I still have my gas masks just in case. I'm, I'm not trusting the system. So um, yeah, I'm vaccinated, but I'm still protecting myself. I still have hand sanitizer, you know, in the car. I put it on the steering wheel when I go to the gas station, all the rest of the same behaviors that I've always had. Still working to reinforce my, um, my um, nervous system, you know. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't trust it. I don't trust that they know exactly, you know, how to fully protect you. And of course, the statistics show that. And I, I also think that 
given what it the vac uh, what the virus actually is, um, you know, being connected to the cold, which we cannot cure, um, we still have a ways to go in order to feel safe with COVID nineteen. Absolutely, and we know that there are breakthrough cases. I mean, there are obviously people who went out wanted to be proactive. Maybe they were more. Uh, uh, in a in a different camp than you are, Darquan. Maybe they were more trusting of the vaccine, and they went out, you know, decided, hey, we're going to get vaccinated. And unfortunately, breakthrough cases are are definitely accounted for. So I do agree, and I think the article speaks to this that masks and taking other measures to ensure our well being, honestly, even with the vaccine is is key. But again, what I want to hear, and I you may or may not have been touching on this earlier, Dark Juan, so I invite you to come back around. But from Ildris and Tioff and Miss Starr, what do you think, if anything, has changed in your beliefs? If you say, oh, listen, March 2020 versus uh, November 2021, my beliefs are the same, then I'll ask that you sit out on this, this particular discussion. But if your beliefs have changed significantly, I'd like to hear from you. What has changed? Whether it's I wasn't vaccinated before, but now I believe I should, or I thought great things about the vaccine, and I'm reading this article in the Los Angeles, time, uh, Los Angeles Times, and I decide that I'm deciding now that no, <laughs> it's not that great. What has changed? Let me hear from you. In a way, the fact that they're coming out with the booster shot, I'm just like, oh, so it's not just you get this done and we can move on. <laughs> like, I feel like it's just going to keep being another booster and another, another thing, another, another, and another, another. So um, it's, I just feel like there's going to be more, there's going to be more. And so it's just not going to end. You're going to have to keep getting whatever else they, you know, get you to get. So I think it was kind of like, well, just get the vaccination. You'll be good. And then it's like, well, no, actually, everybody has to wear a mask again, too. Because I feel like that was one of the big appeals about the vaccination. It was like, oh, you know, once you get the vaccination, you can take your mask off. And then just like Dark Woman was saying, I mean, my brother, I have a brother that's in the health field. He says, oh, no, I still wear my, you know, and he's vaccinated. He said, no, I still wear my mask. I went to an event the other day and I, people had their mask off. He said, no, no, I had my mask on, <laughs> you know, so um I think like the appeal kind of starts to die down somewhat, but ultimately you are going to have to get it. And then I guess you're going to have to get these booster shots, but I'm having, I'm, you know, I hear some people say, I'm not getting booster shot. That's enough. I've gotten vaccination. You know, some people had, you know, uh, bad experiences after the vaccination and they're like, I'm not, I'm not getting the vaccination. So to me, it's just like, you, I think that you thought that, okay, that was the solution. You'll be good with the vaccination, but there's more. And then there's probably going to be more after that. So it's a little tricky. It is. And I, I'll speak for me, and I definitely want to hear our anchorman, uh, Ildris, on this. You know, for me, I, listen, I, I'm probably more so like Dark Juan, where I'm not an early adopter. I, I'm, I don't do well to fear and doom and gloom and oh my God, and we got, I'm just not that girl, right? So I was fortunate to work from home. I'm still working from home. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I really didn't honestly need or wasn't even planning <laughs> on getting the vaccination until uh, many of us had the, the pleasure of attending P-Dub's wedding that, you know, I'm like, I got to get on the plane. All right, let me, let me think about this. And then again, as I mentioned, my employer also <laughs> helped make the decision for me with making it a requirement for employment. But I, I, I don't know if I've really had any change in my views around the vaccine other than, yeah, 
it, it is what's so. Let me go ahead and get the vaccine because it's a requirement for employment, requirement in my view for my own comfort level for travel. But I, I still feel the same way I did that I wasn't an early adopter and I don't have any regrets for not being an early adopter. There are people who are like, yeah, I'm getting the booster shot. Uh, in 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 December, because I was one of the early people to get the vaccine, I'm like, good for you. <laughs> My booster is not going to be for several months later because I was a late adopter. Let's not judge each other based on who was an early or who was a late adopter. But we've got one more juicy topic. Uh, and before we get there, I need to hear from Ildris on his take on this COVID vaccine uh, comfort level now versus then. Ildris? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. And um, I'll make it quick. Basically, as a healthcare provider, um, I was one of the early, you know, adopters, and I received my vaccine in uh, December of 2020 and January of 2021. Um, but my point being is just, I feel that you know it's truly my purpose, you know, to be a not only a healthcare provider, but you know, to to really make an impact in trying to, you know get us through COVID. So, you know, for me, it's like, I, we just talked about the statistics and everything, but I really don't pay that any attention. I've always hated math, as you know, Luna. So I kind of just jumped in it. And, you know, even if something bad were to have happened to me, you know, I look at it like, you know, we'd probably be on the tangent talk saying, you know, it's a shame what happened to Ildris because he chose to got, get the vaccine so early. Um, but ultimately, I feel like at the very least, that would have said, hey, you know, the vaccine needs to be looked at more. And, you know, fortunately, it didn't. But it's kind of like the same. I, I kind of alluded to, like, when the September 11th attacks happened, you know, of course, the, the, the general public and the, the citizens, nobody would say, hey, I'm going to, or it'll be tough for you know uh, an average citizen to say, "Hey, I'm going to run into the buildings and save people," but the firemen did right because that's mm. their purpose, that's their line of duty mm -hmm. to do that. Right. So, and uh, you know, unfortunately, many of them lost their lives um, in the attacks. But I, I, I kind of see myself in the similar light when it comes to getting the vaccine. But ultimately. Going back to the story I told about the um, debate I had um, when I went out to eat with somebody, I walking away from this realizing, like you said, Luna, we all have to really just respect each other's opinions and, and differences on how we go about um, ensuring that we feel safe through this pandemic. It isn't sweet, you know, vaccination uh, as a topic between people who are already in a committed relationship. Um, or even married for that matter, because you don't necessarily have the same perspective on getting vaccinated. And, you know, in my relationship, I didn't have the same perspective as my fiance. She was an early adopter. I was not. And um, we had to have those conversations about when are you going to get vaccinated? You know, are you going to get vaccinated? And so, um, I, you know, I just want to bring up that people in relationships have those challenges as well. Um, you know, so it's not just a singular perspective by, oh, we're in a relationship, so we're both going to get vaccinated. And so let's talk about this. Americans, it's been reported, have been quitting more than ever for a half a year. Another 4.4 million just left their jobs in September. 
That is a headline from an article that I read just the other day. And so here's some other statistics or key points from that article. The great resignation, as it's called, shows no signs of slowing down. We talked about the 4.4 million Americans who just quit this past September, 2021. September also marks the sixth straight month of the highest quits on record, dating back to, any guesses you all? If you said 2020, you'd be wrong. If you said 2014, you'd also be wrong. September marks the sixth straight month of highest quits on record dating back to 2000, 21 years ago. And lastly, Americans are rethinking work and seeking out better jobs amid the pandemic and the labor shortage. So talk to us about your views on why this great resignation is an important topic to just discuss, but how it relates to your own personal viewpoints around being more career-focused or more pleasure-focused. Ms. Starr, why don't you kick it off for us? I think ultimately, we're all trying to find a good medium, right? We're all, we're all trying to find something that, you know, pays relatively well and that we also enjoy it and doesn't um, drain us of something that we don't really enjoy. You know, we want to feel fulfillment. We want to be able to, um, you know, feel good about what we do at the end of the day. So in terms of, you know, right now with the career focus versus the pleasure focus and the great resignation, you know, some people may need to take this opportunity and say, this job is not for me and I can figure out something on my own. And some people still need to work. Absolutely. And, you know, what you discussed, Ms. Starr, is a, I'm going to share this in our virtual studio again. Um, these are some of the, based on the, the article here, these are just some of the um, items that stood out, bullet points. And, you know, what you just mentioned as far as that balance and uh, you know, when we think of, when we look back over our lives, we're not going to think, oh my God, I should have worked more. You know, one of the reasons that's driving, researchers say, driving this great resignation is an existential awakening that is underway. People are rethinking their priorities and the balance between work and life. And I think that dovetails really nicely into this, this debate that we're having now is, have our views changed regarding our focus on work or life, or as we say, career focus or pleasure focus? So let me hear from the other members. What are your thoughts? I've always had a balanced focus. Uh, well, not always, so since er very early on in my career. Um, I started off in corporate world and um, I was uh, laid off and incorporated my own business and worked for myself for many years and got to work from home back in the early 90s. And uh, I have gone back into, into corporate America. However, I've never, I, my, my perspective changed, changed once I worked for myself. And so I've always, since then, I've had the perspective that I'm only working so that I can get back to working for myself full time. So um, I think you're, you, you definitely always have a balance. My whole point of working is so that I can enjoy life. So I, I, I have a different perspective of what I'm doing when I'm going into the office. It isn't everything. It is the means to get to what I want to do. And so, you know, I, I have a, a business on the side that is really more so about just enjoying life and traveling and being outdoors and not being in the box or sitting in front of a box. And so, uh, yeah, I think, I think the entire point of working is so that you can enjoy life. And so, you know, my priority is not 
even though, as you know, I'm very focused on my employment, but the true point of it all is so that I can do the things that I enjoy in life and, and really enjoy my time when I'm not working. So uh, I think, you know, we have to, sometimes you get in the forest and, you know, can't see the, you can't see the forest for the trees because you're so caught up with your nine to five. Um, but, you know, the whole point of working is to enjoy life. And, and you know, I think the pandemic um, has put some of that stuff into question for people um, more so, especially because, you know, obviously as, as uh, uh, Miss Starr said, you know, you can't enjoy the money if you're dead. So um, yeah, it, it, the whole point of life is to enjoy life really. And work is just a part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Ildris, tee off. Um, I agree with everything uh, Dark Juan just said. Can I ask a question, Dark Juan? That last statement you just made, would you say then that work is more so just a tool of enjoying life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I like how you put that. I've never thought about it in that perspective. Um, I will um, say that, you know, the only other point I have is just I am glad that personally I've been able to at least in my work find purpose that aligns with who I am as a person. And I think in this day and age, it's a blessing to even say that. Indeed. Tee off. Thank you for that, Eldris. I also um, agree with what Dark Juan said, that your work should be something that you do um, so you can have the means to enjoy your life because we all have to make a living that's true. Um, I personally work in an, one of the top industry that people are leaving in droves. Um, and as someone who works in an industry that people are leaving, my coworkers, many of my coworkers have left, many did not return and many are continuing to leave. And I myself are trying to, I myself, I'm trying to leave as well. Um, and it's not simply just, you know, people are leaving because they do, they do realize what's more important or they want a better work-life balance. At least speaking from the perspective of working in an industry where everybody's leaving is because people, at least in my industry, we're tired of being mistreated by customers. Um, we deal with a lot of abuse and we're in a high risk situation dealing with people who refuse to wear masks even though they're mandated and we're dealing with a lot of travelers. So not only are people, at least in my industry, fleeing because we're tired of the abuse that we deal with, but we're also in danger of catching COVID because we deal with travelers all the time. So that's a different aspect of it as well. Why people are leaving work or this great resignation is happening. Absolutely. Well, it's it's been interesting, as I mentioned, you know, I did not know. <laughs> Surely we all work with people or know people who've resigned or have coworkers who've resigned. I had no idea that this great resignation, that the numbers um, have never been this high since uh, 2000. I mean, we're talking over two decades ago. It's pretty significant. So as we look to close today's podcast, you know, normally we will end with um, a wrap up, recapping our thoughts on, on, on the episode. But I want to do something a little different today. As we look to wind down, you know, we've talked about our thoughts and how some of our views have changed around dating, how some of our views have changed around the uh, COVID-19 vaccination, how our views have, 
have changed around career versus pleasure. I didn't hear a lot about pleasure on this on this particular segment. I was surprised. I think I heard Darkwater, of course, speak to pleasure around, uh, as he mentioned, camping and, and doing things that allow him to relax. Um, so as we close out our episode today, I'd like you all, since we're right here at in November, um, pretty much at the end of the year, let's talk about who you want to be in 2022, not as a super superhero or heroine, but how do you want to show up in 2022, knowing the things that we discussed today, some of the views that have may have changed since 2020, looking forward now, who do you want to be? How do you plan to show up in 2022? We will start with Tioff. Wow, this is, wow, that's such a, that's a big, big question. Um, it is, I know. <laughs> for me, it's not so much who I hope to be. Well, that's a big part of it. Well, actually, it's too, for me, it's two parts and I'll be quick. It's not just thinking about who I want to be, but actually stepping into who I want to be and the fears and procrastinations or different things that's keeping that's been keeping me from being the person I want to be. And one thing that's been resonating with me is saying I've been hearing a lot is the things that we want are on the other side of fear. And I think about how I've been afraid to either go after my of what I want. So what I'm hoping to do in 2022 is actually not to just really step into who it is I want to be and also to just accomplish some goals. Um, that I'm really working on and I make a determination that 2022 is gonna be the year that I finally accomplish certain things. I love it, I love it. And you're right, it is on the other side of fear. Absolutely, our, our goals and our wildest dreams. So thank you for that, Tioff. What about you, Mr. Ildris Helbre? Man, I don't uh, do New Year's resolutions for that exact same reason. Um, that's, that's always tough. But um, honestly, not to be redundant, but everything T.O.F. just said um, pretty much hit me in the heart. Um, accomplishing goals that um, the challenge is uh, the, the fear, the fear of stepping outside of, of my comfort zone and doing things that I haven't done before. So I would say the person I want to be a more fearless person. Mm, snapping my fingers. Okay, I like that. I like that. All right, so tee off and Ildris with the theme of overcoming fear. Love it. Let's go next to Darquan. We're going to end with Ms. Star. I'll share, um, and then we'll we'll end with our guest, uh, Ms. Star. And we've completely enjoyed you today. So Darquan, we'll go quickly to you, then me, and we'll wrap with Ms. Star. Darquan. Well, you you joked about uh, you know not meaning that people would be superheroes next year, but um, I, it just made me think that, you know, when I was a teenager, I decided to create the superhero that I was going to be. And I've lived my life with, as you know, with my, you know, as an artist with envisioning myself as a superhero. So um, I think that it led me to think, you know, we, we have a great deal of control about how we think about our lives and what really fulfills us in our lives. So. I, you know, I, I really want to throw out to people to really get what they want out of life, but it starts with how you think about your paradigm for life. So um, next year, I want to be happier, healthier, wealthier, um, and, and more empowered to get what I want out of life. So, um, and, and 
th those aren't just wishes. They are the end results of effort that is well, you know, at least I think well thought out and acted upon every day. So um, I'm always grinding to get what I want. And, uh, but, but I'm, I think, uh, you know, and, you know, hearkening back to the statement about how you shape your thought about life, I believe it's doable. So, um, which is why I work hard at it. And so, yeah, I just want to be more empowered to get what I want out of life and, and be happier as a result. And of course, especially within this pandemic, be healthy. Amen to that. And I think, I think I could see Dark Juan as a superhero, a name like, Hey, did you see my dark one? It was next to the Spider-Man figurine. Did you? Yeah, I could see it. Cool. All right, dark one. Booster, uh, you might be able to shoot lasers out of your eyes or you know, whatever <laughs> well, it is that people conspire. Dark oh, one has a super dark one has a superhero avatar, list of powers, and all the rest of that. And he actually has a team of other characters that he works with. So I, I followed through on it. Wow. Does he have the interchangeable locks? Because Miss Star, at one point when Darquan was, at, you know, on the mic as, a, as an artist, you know, uh, he, he had locks. So does, does the Darquan uh, action hero come with interchangeable locks or low fade? He, does, he doesn't. He has, a, he has a giant glowing afro. <laughs> okay, giant, I dig it. Yeah, yeah, he has a giant glowing afro. You might have seen it on my, on my Facebook profile. But yeah, I have seen afro. it. Yeah, that's Darquan Terranova. Yeah, I, I love that. I have seen it. TheTangentTalk.com. We do have merchandise. We'll see if Darquan will get a merchandise here with uh, his Darquan action figure with a Tangent Talk uh, t-shirt so or some logo on his uh, action figure uh, setup. So we appreciate that, Darquan. Well, I will share in this. I really enjoyed hearing from uh, the, the, the cast on how they want to show up in 2022, because this is probably going to be our last episode. We may be able to get one more in fans before the end of the year, but I really love this time of year where we start to look ahead, right? So for me, I will say, and I'm going to quote Adam Grant. Y'all know I'm an Adam Grant groupie. He is a industrial and organizational psychologist and uh, just brilliant. I love his posts um, always right to the point. So he says here, having fun isn't an enemy of efficiency. It's a fuel for finding flow. Play isn't a reward for finally making it through your to-do list. It belongs on your to-do list. And I just love that. So shout out to Adam Grant. You heard it here first, podcast team and listeners. I'm going to get him on the show. He is going to be a guest on the show. But I plan to be the type of human being that shows up in the world 22 and beyond as learning how to embrace fun and play. That's really who I am at the heart of my, my being. Um, the nectar of my personality is when I am fun and playful, not when I'm rigid and strict. <laughs> While I do know that that side of me, the rigid rigidity and strictness does uh, play a part in me getting work done, I do want to tap more into the fun side and the playful side. So that is how I want to show up in 2022 and beyond. So as we look to close, we're going to turn the mic over to Miss Star. We've thoroughly enjoyed you. And the question remains the same, Miss Star. Who do you want to be or how do you want to show up in 2022? Miss Star? Well, the pleasure was all mine. And thank you so much again for having me. Whew. Okay, I read something recently and it said we're made for movement. 
Um, and I think there's, you know, we go through different times. Sometimes we have to be more still. Sometimes we have to be creating. Sometimes, you know, we're on the move, we're busy, et cetera. Um, I feel like I need to get back into the movement part of my life. Um, I read this book called Steel Like an Artist. It's written by, I think, Austin Cleone. And one of the things he talks about is creating and sharing. And I think those things are basic, um, but I feel like I've kind of gotten away from it. I feel like I've kind of been more silent. And I do believe, you know, people should talk when they have something to say. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at a place where I'm, uh, you know, just um, remembering my voice, I guess. So just, you know, getting back to the basic elements of who I am and what I enjoy. So I want to create more. I want to share more. Um, and I, I just want to be the, the foundation of, I want to be at, at the basic of, basics of who I am. And I like to create and give. And sometimes that's food. I like to make food and give people food. So I want to get back to those things, those simple life pleasures that come from um, all the talents and, and just the makeup of who God has made me to be. So that's where I am. And that's where I'll be next year. And even the rest of this year, I got some time too. <laughs> So you thank sure you so do. much again. <laughs> you sure do, Ms. Starr. Thank you. Well, Cass, oh, this felt so good, right? Because we kicked off season seven with Jerome Braggs. We didn't have a full cast because, of course, our team members are very productive people doing great work in the world. And so to be back for episode two with the full cast and Ms. Starr, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. So thank you all for sharing. You know, I'll, I'll end by saying, in case you didn't know, the inspiration for season seven was, and, and for my AT aliens, you already know, Outcast. I mean, do we need to say any more? Outcast's song, uh, Liberation, track 15 on the Equemini album, CeeLo Green croons, oh Lord, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. We alive, but we ain't living. And so we wanted to explore on this uh, particular episode, as well as our episode with Jerome Braggs on rest, how do we learn to live? We alive, but we ain't living. And we are trying to make sure that we're doing the work and that our listeners are doing the work because we deserve to be on this earth truly living our best lives. This is Luna Ma signing off. We thank you so much for your listenership. You heard your country. And if you didn't hear your country, drop us a note on our website, thetangenttalk.com. We appreciate you wherever you are. Thank you and have a wonderful new year.